It's another day here at the Comeback Team Studios, and we are finally back in the studio, back where it all started, with my good friend, Arthur Nascarella. Hey, hello, how are you, buddy? And I'm happy to have him, and I'm happy to be back home, and I hope things can calm down. And we're going to have a little fun today, Arthur. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about everything that's going on, the future, what we think, what we feel. Arthur's definitely a lot more optimistic than I am. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank you for joining us on another episode of The Comeback Team. Good to be back with you, buddy. Good to see you. And uh, good to work with you again. First and foremost, I want to congratulate you on some big news. Yeah, we had some great news today. Today is uh, uh, July the 8th. And uh, at 12.09 this morning, I became a great-grandfather. It's amazing, Arthur. Noah Michael is on the earth. <laughs> God bless. And he's a healthy seven-pound baby boy, and he looks just like somebody in my family. <laughs> you know, we don't know who yet. <laughs> he's still in that. They you know, change a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, he's, he's growing into his nose. He'll, be, he'll do fine. So I've always said, God, you know, I pray to God. I said, God, at least let me be old enough to see my kids grow up. You know, yeah, you, have yeah, that, sure. you have that fear as a parent. You want to make sure that they're going to be okay. Well, I've always said, God, if you can let me be a grandparent, that's a bonus. Uh, absolutely. A great grandparent, my friend. That's pretty far out, isn't it? You're blessed. You, you know what the best You're blessed. Thing? I, you know, yeah, I, I am. Yeah, God is very good to me and my family. Believe me when I tell you. But what's hysterical is that while I'm 75 years old, and I certainly have been around the block a few times, probably 100 times, I mean, it seems like two weeks ago, I was under the fire hydrant in front of my building in East Harlem where I grew up, and my mother was yelling out the window, watch out, you don't get hit by a car. It seems like two weeks ago. We were playing stickball in the street and running around, and now I'm a great-grandfather. I mean, it's just amazing how God's got this whole situation set up, man. You know? He, having lost my son, my, my firstborn, Arthur, died on uh, September 28th at 53 years old. So we lost one, and now we gained one. So, you know... It all comes out, and we're still batting 500, so we're doing okay. <laughs> you know, you said something that kind of hits me, too. It's like, okay, I'm turning 38 next month. Really? 38. Isn't I that beautiful? Like 48, 58, more like it. But uh, 38 is a lovely year. My, my hemorrhoid just turned 38 uh, in November. <laughs> and, no, I had a big birthday party. Actually, it, it, was, it was really it was, the best part of it is to watch him blow the candles out. That was the best fucking part of it. That was the, you, you know, I'm sorry I didn't tape it. But at 38 years old, that's I'm sure a lot of us are happy you did it. That's why I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess. But like you said, in the mind, yeah, doesn't matter how old you get. You, I, I look back. I'm like, damn, that was 20 years ago. Because I could finally start saying that. Right? When you, as you get older, you know, I'm middle aged now. I guess they say, right? You start looking back. You're like, that was 20 years ago. Like yeah. I can start looking at kids and say, hey, kid, you know, stay in school. So like, I have the right to do that now. Sure. Hey, kid, well, you do drugs. Shut your mouth. Well, 38 years old, you're still a very young man, but you're certainly experienced enough to know the basics. Shit, I think probably more than most 38-year-olds, Arthur. And good, and good for you. That's why I like you. Yeah. Would you call me an old soul? Uh, an old fat soul? No, no, I, I would not call you. <laughs> I wouldn't call you old and I wouldn't call you fat. I'd call you a sweetheart and a lovely man, a good father, very good dad. Try to be. You know? Sometimes, sometimes I feel like no matter what in your mind, you think you're never good enough. You know what I mean? But you it's just a big came, responsibility. You just came to three months of four months of being locked in a house with your wife and three children, and no, and none of them are dead. And I'm still married. You understand? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you don't have you don't have a warrant for homicide out on you. I mean, that's <laughs> you, you're you're a good father. They got close. <laughs> cigars helped, and that's another reason why we're smoking these cigars out there. Nice right. ones. Yeah, we're right. celebrating the great grandkid. All right, thank you. And I made my. Grandmother, I was the first one to make her a great grandmother, my mother's mother. 
And that's true. She's still kicking too. She's strong. Strongest woman I know. God bless her. Been through hell and back in her life. Lost two <laughs> children of her own. Uh, lost her brothers in the Holocaust. They were just randomly hung. Oh, my goodness. Uh, by the Nazis. Yeah, the yeah. SS in Albania. Even though they weren't really killing our people. They oh, the Nazis. They just killed anybody just for the hell of it. For any reason, any rumor, any bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And, you, know, you feel like breakfast this morning, Fritz? Nah, no. Nah. You know what? Let's kill, <laughs> let's kill a couple of Albanians. We'll work up an nah, appetite. We'll, <laughs> yeah, so let's go hang a couple of bakers. So, I mean, this woman, you know, she went to hell. Escaped there. Came here. Started in the Bronx, New York. Yeah. Back in the late 60s. And then the descent into darkness, which we kind of talked about a little bit yeah. uh, the last time we spoke. I mean, and worked hard her whole life, and they did well. Where else can you do that in this country, man? My grandfather died a millionaire. He came here as a penniless mm. refugee. Not a penny in his pocket. Yeah. Buddy, I, I, I said it to you before. In America, you need two things. You need a job, and you need an alarm clock. With those two things, you can have or every dream that you have will be fulfilled. You just got to keep getting out of bed every morning, going to work, and, and keep plugging. And before you know it, look, I'm old enough to remember when a Corvette was first invented. In 1953 came out the first Corvette. I was absolutely fascinated by it. It was a little white convertible. It, had, it was actually still a race car. It had the chicken wire over the headlights because it used to r race on gravel tracks. And uh, so they put chicken wire so that the, the, the headlights wouldn't bust from the gravel you know, bouncing around. But my point was... Uh, I, made, I used to make models all the time. So I, I made the model of the 53 Corvette probably 10 times and wished and wished and wished that I could have a Corvette someday. I had a clock and I had a, a job. And I continued getting up every morning and now at 75, I'm sick of Corvettes. I've had three of them. But I almost bought another one during the pandemic and then I said, I was talking to the guy and I realized I'd be making my last payment on my Corvette when I was 81 years old. And I went, Otto, are you stupid? <laughs> so I gave up the idea. But if you, if, you, if you keep working hard enough in this country, you will have every dream that you have ever, that's ever crossed your mind will become reality. I mean, there's people of every nationality, every creed, every race. You see them, millionaires, even billionaires. Yeah. They're out there. A lot of them didn't start with this silver spoon in the mouth. Hey, of course not. So, obviously, no one's going to sit here and say we're perfect. But compared to what I've seen out there, and I've been all over the world, Arthur. Mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of countries, and I know you have too. Where's there a better shot still to this day? And if we let this thing fall, the way everyone's acting right now, the way we're going at each other, I mean, we really got to pull it in right now. We got to kind of reel it in and get back to business, man. Well, I, look, I agree with you, except I would take out the word everyone. It's not everyone. It's a very, very, very small minority of people who are in the streets protesting, and that's fine. That's their right to do. Um, I think uh, uh, most of the protests will even agree that by tearing down um, and looting businesses, you're achieving nothing. You're, you're muddling the whole, uh, the, the whole message. And I think the majority of the protesters... They agree, and not only do they agree, they weren't even a part of that. That, that was a, a small fraction of... It's all it is, buddy. It's all it is. Extremists of all, and they weren't, you know, of all different backgrounds. Well, look, it's America. What better place, if you're an extremist, or you're... A, you're you just a, mix in. What better place to be? Yeah, you just mix in, and you can go under the guise of any cause and create chaos. Well, the right It happened with the same thing. I mean, it wasn't as crazy, though, but what had happened down there on Wall Street, you know, it rounded up a lot of, what was that, Occupy Wall Street? But that wasn't violent, though. There wasn't any violence in that. Well, look, you got a lot of people that still camped out in front of City Hall. 
They have a big encampment still there. Um, they've desecrated all of the buildings. The buildings are all... I saw. I drove written. past. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, this is... I, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's free expression also. But... Um, who was your favorite mayor, man? I mean, you, you've been in New York a long time. So who do you think really put the... You know? Well, look, and let's face it. I mean, the guy that had the greatest impact in my life... Remember, when I was born, the mayor was Fiorello LaGuardia. All right? I mean, he used to read the funnies every Sunday morning to everybody over the radio. There wasn't television yet. You know, he was a pretty dynamic little guy. Um, but in my in my estimation, probably he did a lot for the city too, Laguardia. Right? Yeah, he was he was very he was very good, very well liked. But I mean, the, the the country wasn't in that kind. I mean, locally, it wasn't that kind of a turmoil. That kind of turmoil. Um, the mayors over the years have done the best they can. Um, you got a mayor in, in in right now. that's certainly I don't certainly not my favorite. Um, oh, it's not mine. Well, look, personalities aside, um, uh, political affiliations, political leanings aside. Yeah, like it doesn't matter what party, just what you think about this individual, what you think about this person. Well, no, what I think about is the city. Okay, what impact has the guy's reign, in this case reign of terror, what has it done for the city? Is the city better? Is it doing better? Does it look better? Is the garbage picked up? Or are, you know, are there less homeless people? Are the homeless people being taken care of more? Um, there's a million different reach-out services, now helpful services, yet the, the, the homeless people, many of which are you know, not, not well people, they don't respond to it. They don't want to get involved in it because, again, it's another, it's another catch-22. You take a guy off the streets and you put him in a homeless shelter, and the homeless shelters are... I mean, they're dangerous places. They're drug addicts. There they're are people that are mentally not well. They were overrun with cockroaches and bed bugs and water bugs and rats. Nice. And you can understand why a guy probably wouldn't want to spend the night there. I certainly wouldn't want to. No matter what you're saying. So it's, a, it's a vicious cycle, you know. And we ha- that's just another one of the vicious cycles that, ha- that hasn't it's been, it's been addressed over the years, but it has never been solved. But uh, back to your original question, for my... In terms of impact on a city, I think the Giuliani, backed up by three terms of Bloomberg, um, probably did the, the most to make the city more livable. It's the safest big city in the world. The well, time. it's not anymore, but No, it's not. It's not anymore. No, and you I can't the believe sh- how fast it went the other way. Well, look, um, we, we experienced this once before, okay, truthfully. There was an outfit, the, the, the most recent outfit is the anti-crime units, the 600-man unit that was disbanded. Now, these anti-crime units were spread out in the precincts. There were, you know, every precinct has a group of guys that works in plain clothes. They're anti-crime people. They're proactive, okay? Predominantly, their mission is to take guns off the streets, okay? And they disbanded that unit. After the, the Amadou Diallo shooting some years ago, I, I think in, in, the, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the sometime in the nineties, I'm not sure, mid nineties, late nineties, they disbanded that. That unit. was a guy that went for a wallet, right? And exactly. they thought it was they a, he was a cab driver, no? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. But I remember it was I mean, the wallet. That's I, I, I didn't know, but I don't know now. It's a long time ago. But the, the unit then was a very effective unit. They were based on Randall's Island. It was a, a couple hundred, maybe as many as 600. I don't know how many guys were in the unit. But I know that that unit was credited with taking about 4,000 guns a year off the street. Okay? That's a lot. And, and they disbanded that unit. 
and you had a similar outbreak of shootings immediately thereafter, okay? Uh, now you have just taken the anti, the anti-crime unit is gone, so people are not afraid that they're going to be searched. Stop and frisk is also gone. So people now will, with impunity, carry a gun. And uh, because of that, if, if there's an altercation or a problem, they have the gun available to them. They're not, they're not afraid to carry it because they're not afraid of being searched or frisked. So they'll reach for a gun instead of trying to talk something out or maybe even have a fist fight if that works for you. In my day, that's what you did. You know, you, you know the old saying, you know, come on, let's step outside and straighten this out. Um, but the, uh, uh, now they just reach for a gun and they straighten out all the problems with a, with, a, with a gun. And, of course, you have the, the, a large, large resurgence or, um, of, of gangs. You have gangs, you know, gangs and vendettas who fight over drug territories and, and uh, lack of respect and things like that. You know, it's, you, you come up with a lot of reasons why these things happen. But predominantly, why they, the shootings is why because people have guns. They carry the guns now with impunity. They know they're not going to be stopped. Remember, you have to understand this. Again, I mean, this is not news to anybody. They're, they're roughly, there's 300 million guns in the hands of the people, the population of America. 300 million guns. So if, if Smith and Wesson and Winchester and, and, and Koch and Heckler all shut tomorrow and stop making guns, they never made another gun. There would still be 300 million guns in the city, or you know, in in, in the, the country. country. Sorry, in the in the country. Um, I remember when I was a rookie cop, the Rand Corporation um, did a uh, survey and estimated that there were 40,000 handguns in the 4-1 precinct. In one precinct, that's when the day of Fort Apache, the 4-1 yeah. Fort Apache, and only. The Which did they literally broke, they burned it down. Fort Apache went from a, an A command in terms of problem to a D command because they had no more people. They literally burnt the priest, they burnt the housing to the ground. Uh, there's the, the famous book, The Bronx is Burning. That was in 1977. I think Cosell may have written it. Um, but there came a time when uh, there's a famous photograph of, of the 401 precinct taken from about a mile away. And it's the only building standing. The whole rest of the precinct is flattened. It's level. And the only building still standing is the 4-1. Because the, the people literally burned it to the ground. So things have been bad in New York before, buddy. Believe me. And we seem to be heading in that direction again. The people, uh, the poor people that, that have to suffer with this, these, these crimes... Um, or the, or the poor ones people. that can't get out. They don't have the money to but move. They, they're they don't stuck have... there. Exactly right. Exactly right. They, they, they're, they're, they're where they are. Um, Maybe they have like a government assistance so they have to stay where they're living or whatever the case may be. They don't have a way out. But the exodus has already happened, Arthur. The exodus? Well, yeah. Look, In the it, city? If you can get out, they get out. But most people, they can't get out if they don't want to get out. You can't find a house for sale within miles. In the, on this side of the water, on oh, the Jersey side. Everybody moved across. Everyone left. Yeah, I understand that. People just left apartments, walked, said hi, their, their businesses. No one knows office space. Good luck with that one. I'm looking at these buildings on 57th Street that are going up. I go, who's going to go in that place? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, look, that's, that's going to be a part of the, the quote-unquote new normal. It, 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 it turns out that people um, who inhabit these buildings every day turn out to be pretty much self-starters. 
I mean, you know, corporations are still getting a lot, a lot of work done. By people just sitting at home, uh, you know, they, they don't have to get up and take a train or take a car or the, or the, the Penn Central to work, but they're doing their job. And I'll tell you one thing, if the productivity was pretty much the same, even if it dropped by, let's say, 5% compared to what it was before the before they were going into the office, mm. I think the savings that they get from not having to pay these high rents, I don't think they'll ever go back to the office. Well, it's going to be, look... Look, it's one of the reasons why the Nasdaq. I don't know if you follow the the stock exchange. Yeah, I wish Nas- I had some money in it. But Nasdaq is had a had a two a, a two hundred some odd point gain the other day, which is the highest that they've ever got. And Nasdaq is predominantly, predominantly tech industries. That's correct. You understand? So while people uh, uh, aren't uh, spending money on a lot of things, and, and the corporations included in this, what they are spending money on. It's technology because people are getting ready to do what they're doing from home for good. So you don't think that's fucking weird, though, buddy? It's different. It's look. It's new. It's New York. It's America. America changes all the time. That's what America is. You know, America is not America. America is an idea. Okay, I mean that's not news to anybody. This whole concept that that, what, that these guys came up with that signed the Constitution. It's an idea. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a philosophy. Um, and uh, that because of that, it changes. It's not like mathematics. Two and two is four, no matter where you go and what you do. Five and five is ten. Period. The end. It never changes. But a democracy changes. It's fluid. It's it's in flux all the time, all the time. And you change with it. I mean, I'm born and raised in Manhattan. Manhattan. I mean, I love my Manhattan. I love Manhattan like no but nowhere in the world. I was in, I was in, uh, in Boca Raton when this broke out, and the first thing I did is packed up my ass and got back to New York, so that I could be stuck in a house. But I'm stuck in my city. Okay. I mean, I got, I got, I got a connection to this place. This is my place. This is where I come from. Um. So, it changes, and you change with it. And that's really all it comes down. But you don't pull your hair out of your head. They're not going to overthrow the government, okay? They're not going to. They're not going to tear down. Uh, they're not going to tear. I mean, look. Let's face it. I mean, George Washington's statue is being decimated and desecrated all over the country. Well, what do you do with the most active bridge in America? The George Washington Bridge. What do you want to do? You want to tear it down? Hey, with the sixteen miles they charging me to cross. What do you do? Uh, that's crazy. Too. I wouldn't. <laughs> they're tearing my wallet down with that fucking bridge. You know that. I remember, now you probably remember even better. I mean, what was it when it first, do you remember how much it was when it first started? The George Washington Bridge. I mean, you were well, you gave them a, you barely gave, alive when it was made, right? You give the... No. no they, they, it's about 80 th- years old. 1938. Now. They finished it. It opened in 1938. What was it, a quarter? The George Washington Bridge. Yeah. I think maybe you gave them a bag of beans, <laughs> something like that. And you. I remember as a kid it was like a dollar. Right. Well, I, look, I used to work on a Triborough Bridge where it was a quarter. I just had a part-time job. The Triborough Bridge and Tunnel Authority it was twenty-five cents to cross the bridge, and the, now I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know, fifteen, thirteen oh, bucks, no, something these like taxes that. Taxes are crazy, Arthur. They're killing us. To be honest with you, these, <laughs> these are what you call regressive taxes. Okay, they hit people that are you know not as wealthy a lot harder because we have less money. So when you have to pay that bridge as much as a rich guy does, it hurts you a lot more. That 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 same toll. You get my point? I totally do. kills you. I understand that. You know? I understand that. But right now, thank God, I have no reason to go to New York. There's no reason to go right now. There's no Broadway. Broadway's not opening. They're saying that's to the, a, that, 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 that that's really, the heart of the city. 
buddy, it's a $15 billion a year industry. Okay, that's literally the heart of Manhattan. It generates $15 billion a year, and it's going to be closed until at least the 1st of 2000, January of 2021. I got I to admit one thing. You know, the tourist, as a New Yorker, they kind of get on your fucking nerves sometimes. I miss them. I miss the fucking asshole with the camera standing on the corner, yep. fucking getting in my way, taking the pictures of, of buildings that I take for granted. You know what I mean? Well, look, what I... I miss them. I'm, well, they're I, nowhere. They're, they're gone. I understand. I walk down 6th Avenue like a, like a, like a you can shoot a cannonball down 6th Avenue not hit anybody. It's crazy. But I used to, what I used to love about the, about the tours, I, and I would say to them all the time, look, you're in New York City. Welcome to New York City. We're glad you're here, okay? You cannot, you can do one of two things, Okay. You can walk straight or you can walk crooked, but you can't do both at one mile an hour. Okay, I'm not here to look at the end. Where's the Empire State Building? Buddy, look up in the air. The tallest building you see, it's it. You can't miss the Empire State Building. Okay, you don't have to be mesmerized by it. You don't have to sneak up on it. It's not going anywhere. So at a walk, you can walk, walk slow. But in a, in a straight line or crooked, you can't do it. You got to move out of the way. And stop blocking. They stop right at the fucking crosswalk. That's stop right. in the middle of the block. But look, that's why they gave all these pedestrian but rules now, you know. So we, they can. we need them. They're the blood of that city, man. Buddy. They bring so much business, so much money. Without fail. And taxes. We, and we need them. I miss the guy with the Konica camera on his fucking neck. Well, can I tell you something? I mean, we live out here in Jersey now. You know what I miss the most? Really, what really resonates with me, I'm not kidding you, is the sound of children. Playing. There's no children, and and you hear them playing in the pools and the parks, and the laughter, and the little girls always screaming because the little boys are chasing them, and the little girls with the high pitched voice screaming them. And it drives, you know, most of the time it's like, shut up, kids. You know, I, mean, I say to myself, gee, when I was in the third grade, I wondered, do I make, did I make a racket like that? And maybe it's my turn in the barrel. I got to listen to it now. But now that they're not there, I miss them terribly. I miss children laughing uh, and being happy. Because truthfully, that's our future laughing and being happy. It's hope. You know? It's hope. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. But let's see what happens. I mean, I, I don't think that any of us can die. The next four or five months are going to be very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I would say. I think it's pretty interesting right now. I mean, I'm going to say it here publicly. I think the next four or five months are going to make the last six look like a joke. That, that's my, I'm, I'm, I'm call me a pessimist. Well, I'm call look, it. the political uh, arena is going to be crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Things that are going on right now are crazy. It's fucking insane. All right, you got you got a, you got a major candidate uh, in his basement, not traveling around. When the fuck is he going to announce a vice president? Well, well, he'll get around. He'll get around to it. in August. He will. But is that have, usually when they do it? Well, that's when he's doing it. But they usually do it sooner. No, I'm saying. In I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not he's, an expert. He's got to so. name a vice president. Um, but you have, you have a, a, a presidential contender who is uh, largely uh, confined to his home because of COVID and, and any other reason you want to apply to. A lot of people think they may, he'll make these why verbal you run for, Why can't you run for president? I'm sorry? I'd vote for you. For me? I think you'd clean the whole fucking... <laughs> My beautiful wife says that to me all the time. She said, you should run for something. I mean, you look, I, I can you imagine fucking being at the United Nations and Arthur gets up there and he's negotiating with fucking Iran? Well, look, I have, I can only, I can only, I can run on one platform. It's called the I smoked it, I drank it, I lapped it program. <laughs> you understand? Because <laughs> in my life, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I did everything. You know what I mean? I did inhale. And uh, for starters, and, uh, you know, so I'd have to be quite upfront about all of that, but uh, I, I prefer to stay very, very low-key. I just like to watch, you know, what's happening. On the other hand, you have the current president who seems uh, to not have a, uh, to not have a, a direction for his second term. I mean, in the beginning of this, it would seem that the presidency was the incumbent's um, race to lose. And yet, it seems like he's trying to lose it. Uh, you know, his. What do you think is odds? Are you think he's going to win? But the numbers, the numbers are, are statistically, he's way, way, way behind. Wasn't but that the same thing the same, before? Uh, you take the words out of my mouth. By the same token, statistically, Hillary Clinton should have been our president. Alone. Landslide, right? She was what? ahead in the polls. Way ahead. That's correct, right? That's not. Oh no, no, that's true. So that's who the hell knows, then, right? But that's why we say it's going to be a very interesting. Some people time. say if he wins, it might be a civil war. You think that's true? No, I do not. You think that could ever happen? I, I don't think so. I hope not. No, I don't think so. But talking about civil war, by the way, there's, there is a new political group. They're called the Boogaloo Boys. Have you ever heard of them? Nope. The, <laughs> the Boogaloo Boys, they're quite prevalent. The Boogaloo Boys are, from what I understand, with the little bit I've read about them, is that they are they're kind of uh, very right-wing, maybe a, you know, like almost a neo-Nazi group, I believe, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but that, that's we'll, not, we'll research it. If my, not, we'll my, chop my, it. My point was, <laughs> my point is that they are recognizable because they all wear Hawaiian shirts. They all wear the, the big flower shirts. The whole, I think I've seen. I some wear videos them. All, I wear them. I've been wearing them all my life. I mean, I'm a big Tommy Bahama guy. You know, what I mean, half of the shirts I have, you got to water them every half an hour. They got plants all over them. <laughs> you know, and uh, but that's the signature. Is, is that the now? Hawaiian shirts? The, yeah, the, the exactly luau right. shirts. Exactly right. That's an interesting take on things. You know, so that's a group. Uh, again, I'm noticing a pattern with you. You, you kind of you give us this optimism of you know, hey kid, I've seen the city and it's worse. Oh, you. It way looks worse. like it, yeah, but here's where I'm, this is where I get sad because I've seen the city. I saw it a little bit when it was bad, a little bit. I was young, but yeah. I remember my parents being scared a little bit and watching over their shoulders in Manhattan. But then right. I've seen. The beauty of it, right? how amazing it was over these last pretty much 25 years, 30 years. Yeah. And working in the hospitality sector, working in nightlife, really, for the most part, an extremely safe city, man. I mean, extremely safe. Like, I mean, you started going to places you never would have went to 30 years ago. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, if we're heading back the other way, that's a sad thing to witness, you know, to watch the decay of a, of a place Buddy, like it's New York terrible. It's, it's and I get scared. I'm like, are we the next? Are we the next Chicago? I just drove through Philadelphia. I, I'm, I was not familiar with what part I was in, but it was, it was definitely not the downtown area, which I heard is really beautiful. I was sad to see the condition that some of my fellow Americans live in. Man, uh-huh. it was horrible. Some of these houses, these tenements. I mean. Run down. When I mean run down, I've been to third world countries and they're not living like that. And I go, how the f- how the fuck are we in America, man? Sometimes when I'm driving through some of these hoods. Well, yeah. Look, you 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 hit on some very very good points. Uh, the truth of the matter is is that um, as a as a, as a government, a lot of times we fail a lot of people. We fail a lot of people. For for my money, look, just keeping it local. Talk about, about the New York City Housing Authority. 
I mean, you know how many hundreds of thousands of people live in those buildings with no heat year after year, winter And it's been winter, all over the news winter. these last two years. It's all around us. The, what you is it called? NYCHA? NYCHA? NYCHA yeah, yeah, New York City Housing Authority. Horrible how they leave those people with no heat, Unbelievable. mold. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's disgusting. I mean, it would aggravate the hell out of me. Where's the money? This is what I'm saying. I don't know. Why is it going? And then, you know, as someone who's lost family in war, you know, it's been 20 years since I lost 30 people in my family. I told you the story. You know, I see all this money that's spent on these wars, and I'm all for our military. I support our, you know how I feel about that. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes they're not being sent to the right place for the right reasons, sometimes. And we spend all this damn money blowing up all these other, like, why don't we bring the money back home? Instead of destruction, construction. Like, they always I'm taught really us in school that, that America traditionally was a laissez-faire nation. That was the biggest fucking lie. I, 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 I still remember the word because I had to learn it. Laissez-faire. We don't get involved. We don't. But when you look at our history, we've been involved in every fucking war there's been. So there was nothing laissez-faire about our history. I mean, this is a country. Just... I want us to be laissez-faire. I want us to say, you know what? Fuck everyone else for a minute. Fuck you guys. Yeah. I understand the strategy of having bases and all this other shit. Who the fuck knows what's going on behind the scenes? But I really feel like if we were laissez-faire for just a little bit, Maybe 10 fucking years, we just don't fight no wars, and we put that money into the country, I think it might not be a bad thing. I'm with you, brother. I know you are. There's billions and billions of dollars. Trillions. We spend on other countries that hate Trillions. us. Trillions. They're still killing our people. They hate our guts. And I just read, if I'm not mistaken, that he just signed a deal with the Taliban to end the war. If, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the papers. Al shaking his head over there. If not, you know that's the direction they're going in anyway. The whole reason we went into fucking Afghanistan... Was to take the Taliban out. And we did. But now we're giving the country back to them. Yes, we are. So what the fuck was the point? That's that's, what, look, buddy. I, I, look, Money-wise, I'm you saying, go too. as far back in history as you like. It's crazy. You understand the thousands and thousands and thousands of lives that have been given. Uh, I mean, it, my era, Vietnam, Quezon, Hamburger Hill. Hundreds and hundreds of men were killed to take a fucking hill, 8, a hill. 841, and the next day they took them out and they were gone. The Marine Corps had 6,000 people at Quezon for months at a time, shelled, shot at, burned out. We, w- we were not displaced from there, but when we weren't and the North Vietnamese uh, pulled back, the next day we gave up the, we gave up the place. Okay, and they destroyed it. I mean, I, I, what the hell was the reason for that? Were you on know. the hill? You on? No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? You no, f- I had a couple of arguments with, in a couple of hills in Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, these are the things I think not only, I don't think that only me and you. I feel like the vast majority of anyone that has a brain, has a heart, says, man, we spend all this damn money on war. Why can't we just, like, you know, look at Flint, Michigan, for example, the fucking water. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they don't have these problems in fucking Bangladesh. Well, yeah, but they have no water in Bangladesh either. That's the other problem. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes actually, they have too much water. They get the yeah. fucking monsoons <laughs> and the fucking half the country's gone. Yeah. Overnight. Well, there's, there's other problems there. So it, it, all, it, it all comes so out in a way. what do you want to say to the younger generation out there? Because this is what I love about talking to people that are older who have seen a lot more than we have. I mean, what would you, what do you want to tell everyone? That, I mean, listen, people are on edge right now, man. They still are. I understand They're that. nervous. They're sad. People losing their jobs still. 
They oh, told boy. us two weeks. We're pushing almost six months now, man. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, and, you know, today the guy's saying, you know, I want you to wear a mask even when you're outside here in Jersey. I don't understand. I, I could get it if we're in big groups, okay? I don't understand. Me, I'm getting sad. I see people wearing a mask when there's no one around them. They're running outside. I'm like, you're going to fucking die like that. How you, how you jogging? Well, the weather that it is, look, I'm out every day on the road. And the weather. The you wearing the mask when you walk? I wear it all the time. We're Even when it. you're walking outside by yourself? No one's around? Without, without fear. But how are you going to catch something like that? Uh, what? Like, if you're not near anyone, why? Why, why? why keep it on if there's no one around? Like, if you're at the park and there's nobody around. I feel it's, I personally feel like it's, 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 I have a duty to do that, to protect myself and to protect other people from me. But if there's no one around, Arthur. Well, buddy, if there's no one around, you, you know, you could rape a girl, too, if nobody's around. You know, you know, that's what you, that's what this is called civilization. You know, we're civilized. You know, that's what, but when nobody is around is when, you know, you really become a citizen. When nobody can see what you're doing, when it's quiet and private. And it's dark at night, and you don't commit a crime. That's because you're a civilized person. Do you watch the news at all? I watch the news all the time. It doesn't bother you. So there's like certain people just don't want to watch the news. You know, it's too depressing. Well, look, I watch it. I watch certain stations uh, because I want to see both sides of an argument. So I do that. But I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't spend all my. I don't. You know, sit sit there with Fox News on all day or CNN all all day. I dabble. In the news, I dabble. I listen here, I listen there. Mostly I read. And I read different uh, newspapers every day, different publications on both sides of the coin. It's where you, you've got a, kind of an understanding, a little bit of an understanding. Uh, but if you, you ask me what, what could I say, I would say have confidence. Have confidence in your country. Have confidence in your flag. Have confidence in God. Um, you know, don't drift away from the family. Have confidence in your parents. Um, you're in America. America doesn't lose by, you know, overall. We've been here a long time. We're not about to collapse. We've seen much, much worse civil unrest than we're experiencing now. Much more civil unrest. Does any of this remind you, like, when you spoke to me in the beginning of the show about how the polio scare, I mean, does any of this resemble that to your knowledge? Do you remember any of the fee? I mean, is any of this similar at all? When the polio, polio thing was going on? Well, look, I was a kid when polio was rampant in the city, particularly in, my, in the neighborhood. I mean, in East Harlem, in the tenements, as we talked about. I mean, polio, tuberculosis. Uh, yeah, you lived through that era, but it was the fear like this. Was there a fear like this? I mean, were people scared? Were people wearing masks? I mean, what can you tell us? Like, I mean, you've no, told look, us a few times about it, but I'm, look, I'm talking more about, like, masks, this fear... Gatherings were people look, limited with social I think, distancing. Look, I think I think fear is probably, to a large extent, up to the individual. Personally, I have never been afraid of anything walking around New York City. Okay, I was a cop in the city for twenty years, from the sixties to the eighties, from the, the the late sixties to the late eighties. Rough time period. Rock and roll heaven, buddy. Okay, and I honestly, I was not afraid of anything, whether it was on duty or off duty, and I was still living in the city. I mean, I'm born and raised in Manhattan. I'm only a Jerseyite for the last ten years or so. But I can't say that fear really entered my mind about anything. I just, it, you know, but that's me. That's me. You know, having been raised in the city, um, it was easy for me to be a cop because I wasn't afraid of the city. I wasn't afraid of neighborhoods. I wasn't afraid of various ethnic groups. I had dealt with all of them before. Okay, so, I mean, uh, you know, 
as an individual, I can't say that I was ever fearful, except when I was a baby and I was afraid like hell of polio. That, that worried me because I literally saw my friends disappear. As I said to you, every September you went back to school. How, how old were you in that time period again? Arthur? Well, I got the shot when I was, I think, 10 or 11. Yes, yeah, you can remember that. Of okay. course you will. And I was fearful of it, as I say, because friends of mine just disappeared. They weren't. They, they didn't come to school. Wow. And and it's well, you know, where's Benny? Where's Louie? Where's Barbara? Where's Kathy? He's Where in the lung. They the got iron lung. Well, that was the other thing. The iron lung. Terrifying. Was an image that if I lived to be seven thousand, I will never forget how how scary an iron lung was. And the crazy part about it, kid that time was that you, you didn't know how the fuck you were gonna get it. Well, look, that's okay. You're talking about similarities now. We're back here now, okay? We don't know shit about this thing. I mean, we've been dealing with it for six months. We still don't know how the hell this is. Because of all this misinformation going around on all sides. Well, we don't know what the hell is going on. Um, I think that the government has kind of left it up to the local governments to make their own decisions. That's definitely going on. I don't think that's a good idea. I think that this should be a national policy. Everybody wears a face mask. Nobody wears a face mask. Everybody goes to the beach. Nobody goes to the beach. That's I think that would be better. If, if, if Uniform. There you go. A lot of skepticism about the the uh, treatments. I know people personally that they, you know, have one friend. I'll mention his name, George. I won't say his last name. His brother was on the verge of death. Mm-hmm. Literally dying. Couldn't breathe. He took the hydrochloronic, the Z-Pack. Yeah. He recovered. Brought him out of it. Immediately. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say and I'm pushing for the drug or nothing, but this is a person that I know personally who said my brother was about to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, not his brother, his brother-in-law, his sister's husband. Um, I lost a few friends. We spoke during those times. Um, but everyone I seem to have lost was in those first two weeks, mm-hmm. when, right when we went into quarantine. Right. I haven't heard of anyone else I know dying from it at all. Well, look, initially... And, of course, it still is. It was uh, people my age who had underlying conditions. All right? that, was, that was the gimme. That was the gimme. If you were 75 years old and you had high blood pressure and you got it, you had a good chance of not getting out of it. Now it seems that it's, it's the younger people that are getting it. And the younger people... Um, they're not dying. Well, no, they get over it. But they're carrying it. That's the problem. Well, that's one of the problems. We, again, we don't know shit about this. Every, t- every day there's another... I've also heard people that were young that I know personally who got it, and yes, they survived, but the damage done to their lungs. Yeah, oh yeah. They got the lungs of a fucking 90-year-old right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Who smoked a, two packs a day. Another manifestation of it, yeah. It's, it's so that's a scary effect. thing. So yeah, even though I'm healthy, I might not die. Do I want to maybe risk the chance of me destroying my fucking lungs? One girl, I think they said she had to get her lung, her lung replacement. Look at this kid, Nick Cadero, this, the, the, the Broadway actor. kid. What, can I tell you something? You I know? Met, I met the kid twice. I, I met him twice. I, was, I, was, I saw him bullets over Broadway, and I had a friend who was in the play, and he took me backstage and introduced me to him. Talented, no? Boy, forget it. The kid was a, a star. I mean, that guy, would, that guy could have been on Broadway for the next 50 years. Sing, he was a song and dance man. Sad to make and it And then I level. saw him again in, uh, in uh, Bronx Tale. He played Sonny. He played the he played the Chaz yes, Palmateri part in Bronxdale. That's correct. And I met him again then. And again, my, you know, Chaz is a friend of mine. He invited my wife and I to see the show on Broadway. And I saw I met Nick again. Again, a lovely, beautiful, handsome, big, tall, thin, handsome, gregarious, laughing guy who had the world ahead of him. A beautiful wife, a new baby, 
And I mean, this thing decimated this kid. He wasn't just sick. It's this probably kid, just a matter of time before he'd be in I big mean, movies, right? When you make it to that level, his leg he had holes in his lungs. I mean, three months he said, right? Poor he boy. Went. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible disease. It really is a terrible disease. And we learn more about it every day. Well, what do we learn? We learn how how insidious it is. I mean, that people can have it and not know it, but yet spread it everywhere. I mean, it's something that's got to be dealt with. I mean, really dealt with. They got to come up with something, and God dog fast. There was a friend of mine. I won't mention his name. He was in Florida. I have not seen him. I've not been anywhere near him, so don't worry. But um, him and a couple people, they went down to Florida. They were partying down there. Uh-huh. I heard they all came back with the virus. Oh, yeah. Okay, and he has no symptoms. He tested the other way. Turn it around. No, 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 no. You're gonna. Yeah, that's what I meant. The other way. So, yeah, right. Yeah. So he, uh, he. Uh, I've done that before, by the way. Well, not with that one, a different one. So he uh, goes down to Florida. They're down in Miami. A lot of people went down to Miami. And three of the girls he was with, they all got it. They were on a private jet together. He has it, still showing no symptoms, none. But he tested positive. He goes, I feel fine, man. He goes, yeah. I feel great. So this asymptomatic stuff is a real deal. Oh, boy. <laughs> is it that you can literally carry it and not even know you have it and yeah. maybe not even get sick. Hey, look. When, 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 when we were down, my wife and I were down in Florida, and uh, it was March the 20th. They closed all the bars. They closed the beaches and everything right around, right around, right around St. Patty's Day. They closed everything down here, March 17th. And when they're saying close the beach, I mean, you can't even walk on the beach. Like, no one's allowed on the beach. Closed. But she and I said, look, let's get out of town. Uh, as I said earlier, because I wanted to be in New York. I wanted to see what was happening to my city. And uh, more importantly, what I was worried about is they, they were starting to shut down um, um, everything. And I was afraid they were going to shut down states where I couldn't get from Florida. You know, couldn't cross the border. We were driving. So you know, I, I wanted to make sure I got back into New Jersey before they closed down New Jersey. And uh, so we were able to do that. But my, the, my point is, we stopped along the way at a, you know, to, 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 go to, the, uh, to go to the restrooms. And I walked into a restroom. And for some reason, I walked into a stall, which I normally never do. And I was in the stall taking care of my business. And I hear two kids, two young men, are standing and one are outside. And they're just standing. And one of them is on a cell phone. And he's saying... <laughs> Whoever was talking, he's going, yeah, yeah, you know, we were down in, we were down in Gainesville. I don't know. We're both sick. I don't know. I don't think I got Corona, but we got something. I don't know what the hell it is, but we're dying. And I'm in the stall. <laughs> I get down my business. I looked at the two kids and I says, both of you standing against the wall over there. And I walked out the door and there was a man walking in, a guy my age walking in. And I said to the guy, pal, I'm just telling you this. There's two kids in that bathroom that are sick as dogs. And the guy went, I'll piss it on a tree. And he turned around and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Arthur. So that must have been uh, an interesting time to go hey, to the I bathroom, would... huh? Shit. Yeah, just Literally like that. shit. I don't know what I got. I, ain't, I don't think I got COVID, but I got something. I feel terrible. <laughs> Get the fuck. Get away from me, please, young man. Let's talk a little bit about Hollywood. What about it? First and foremost, I'm never I was felt, I'm so happy to see seven episodes of Billions. Ah. I was so sad that it stopped at the seventh episode. It's yeah, gone yeah, so yeah, a lot of people. 
juicy, man. They, they, were, they were up and running. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were trying to go back in. They're trying to go back in. Uh, they can't. I mean, I've been... Destroying the freaking Hollywood business right now. I mean, there's not a Haddad truck anywhere in the city right well, now. Well, listen, for once, all of the actors have something in common. We're all out of work. <laughs> you understand? Most of the actors on my level are out of work most of the times. You know, we're, we're, we're jockeying for positions, jockeying for gigs. Uh, right I mean, now, they're not filming nothing nowhere right now. Nothing. Right, most now, right now, me and George Clooney are brothers in arms. <laughs> you understand? Right now, me and Brad Pitt are like, you understand? <laughs> we're joined at the hip. We're both fucking out of work. And that's all there is to it. Shit. You know, and there's there really is no uh, maybe there, Tyler Perry man. He has that big studio in his backyard. There's He's, there's no buddy. There's no intention. I was uh, look. I get I get uh, I get constant notifications from the Screen Actors Guild. They have no plans for going back. Uh, I spoke to uh, Robert Patrick yesterday. You know, he's a very fine actor. And he's one of my best friends. He and I met on the set of uh, Copland years ago, and we maintained the friendship. We're very like. By the way, right? guy's been in amazing movies. Oh, Bobby Patrick. He's the best. He's the fucking machine. The the Terminator 2 that was trying to fucking... Right, right. Who doesn't know that guy? Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great friend. Shit, I'd love to meet him. I was on the phone with him yesterday. We were laughing our asses off. But I said to him, look, you're, you're, you're there in Hollywood. What do you hear? He says, oh, there's no plans. You understand? Because even if they wanted to go back, the unions, very powerful unions, they're not going back in. The Teamsters ain't going back in. They don't want to know nothing. And you can't get shit done without Teamsters. Believe me when I tell you something. Hollywood For is... Production? Production. You can't. You can't work without them. You can't work without them. They're the ones that set up the sets and all that. They're stuff. They're the ones that do everything. They bring you there. They they feed you. They they transport you. They. So that's they, Teamsters that do that. Teamsters, exactly. They're not going back in. It's that simple. So Hollywood is at a dead standstill as we speak. I mean, you have movies that are not going to be released for a while, right? Because it doesn't make well, sense. Well, you got Netflix now. You got, everything's on Netflix. Know, but don't they need the money from the theaters? Buddy, that's a whole community of people. That's yeah. a whole. You think there's thousands of people that work every day on Broadway. That whole community is completely. Didn't Netflix just buy some theaters? I think a lot of these big companies are going to gobble up all the movie theaters. They're going to cut out the middleman. They're going to just what? Well, we own the theaters. Wait, well, so you own the theaters, but you can't put a show on. What am I buying? I'm, all right, so I buy the need. I, I buy the needle handle group or whatever the hell they're called. Needle needle something. Okay. All right, so now I own six theaters. Great. Hey, I got Jumanji. Hey, that's wonderful. Now what do you want to do? You can't put a show on. Can't like it can't stay like this forever, Arthur. It's going to stay like this till January the 1st of I mean, 2021. Look at fucking Sweden, man. Sweden just said, fuck it. Oh, herd immunity. They're business as usual. Why can't we just do that? Fuck it. Well, look, um, people have said that they want to when you see a resurgence of the disease. Okay, people have said, fuck you, I'm going, back to, I'm going back to the beach, I'm going out partying, I'm doing what I'm doing. And you see people getting sick like crazy again. You know, the thing, you know, we may be tired of it, but it ain't tired of us. You know, that's the problem. You think it was a hit, Arthur? What do you mean? You think the, you think the, the Chinese... The, the Chinese... Be honest. It ain't hurting them, none, I'll tell you that. Could have been a hit. A lot of people think it was a hit, man. Nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, Nobody knows. Like, like conspiracies. Listen, yeah. hey, Spanish flu didn't even start in Spain, right? And it was called that. <laughs> Spanish flu started in the trenches in World War Two. World War One. I'm sorry, World War One. And then, but they were the first ones to monitor because they weren't. That's why they gave it the name Spanish flu because uh-huh. they weren't fighting, but they were the first ones diagnosing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got the name. Well, look, I, I, I. So we all think in our minds it started in Spain, but it didn't even start in Spain, right? Well, look, we know this started in Wuhan, China. 
whether it was intentional or not is, remains to be seen. I'm sure there's terrific arguments on both sides of that uh, coin. But uh, So there's a vaccine, you're definitely taking it. Tomorrow morning. First thing. First thing. Right in the Kista. Wherever you like. That's what I do when I, when I go to... When, well, that's what I do every year. I get all the girls; they go crazy. When I go to, uh, I go to Dwayne Reed to get my to get my uh, my flu shot every year. I start to take my pants down. They, they all start running. You understand? No, no, it's in your arm, Arthur. Your arm. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna hit me in the ass with it. You know what I mean? But no, that's another thing. I get the flu shot. You got to get a flu shot. I mean, I haven't had a cold in ten years, fifteen years. All my friends that got the flu shot. Yeah, I'll mention his name, Nick. Nick P. His last initial. I won't embarrass him. He got the flu shot the next fucking day. He was sick. Yeah. No, no, he no. had the flu again this year. Type A. He thought he had COVID. He goes to the hospital. He had type A. I said, what the fuck was the point of the shot? Yeah. Did you ever well, have the no, flu but before? It doesn't work on everybody. It, it really doesn't. The yeah, flu, so the that's flu shots, my argument. I never flu had shots it. were about 70, 65 to 70% effective. I didn't get the shot, and I didn't let my kids get it either. You didn't let the kids get it? Well, look, this is up to you. This is your own call. You know, the I other get, shots, polio, the, I'm all for it. These are proven. These are, there's a re- tetanus. I, I get it yeah. every 10 years. I mean, you know, God forbid. I step on nails all the fucking time. Well, my look, yeah. my ass, I'm taking the garbage out. I'm lazy to well, put sandals I take, on. Look, I get the flu shot. Recently, I got the uh, shingles shot. Um, but then again, remember. These are all proven, though. Yes, they are. But remember, you're, you're 38. I'm 75. Yeah, but my friend that passed away, he was only 32 from the virus. And well, he had no health conditions. Well, so I don't think age really matters. You had the hundred four year old that survived. I think it comes down to the one above. When he says it's your time, no matter what. There you go. And I think you're probably proof of that. The things you've seen in your life, the p- situations you've been in, <laughs> wasn't your time. No, being a cop when you were a cop was not a safe time to be a cop. It wasn't. What do you think about the fact that they just disbanded that group? The yeah, the anti crime unit. What's your opinion on that? Big mistake, no. Well, I mean, you see the blood in the streets. I mean, the the the, the uh, in the month of June in New York, I think there were something like two hundred two hundred nine shooting incidents and one hundred and seventy people shot, or one hundred seventy incidents and two hundred nine people shot in one month. That's because, as I said before, they're not worried about being searched, and uh, they're carrying guns, and instead of Instead of uh, uh, when minor minor uh, arguments begin, minor problems, instead of trying to talk it out or fist the cuff it out, they shoot it out. The fireworks two weeks before July first. Oh my god! I mean, listen, we're close enough to Manhattan; we can hear yeah. what's going on in Manhattan. We're literally right there. I can hear a siren if there's a, you know, an Edgewater and Fort Lee these areas. Last night was calm, thank God. I didn't hear a lot of pop, pop, pop. It's kind of yeah. died out, but. I don't remember July 4th. You know, obviously we always have the Macy's show and all that stuff. And don't you find it ironic how Macy's lays off 3,900 employees? But we got money for fireworks. I don't get it. I never understood it. We got money for the parade. We got money for... Well, Macy's had a, had a very decent display this year. For the holidays, yeah, they did. For the 4th of July, Macy's had Oh, two, yeah, they broke it up, though. They had two barges. Uh, one of them was right off the beach of Coney Island, which is fabulous. I mean, I like that. A lot of people got to see the fireworks. They never get In different to see areas, it. right? They had two barges. It was a spectacular show. They had the fireworks going off of the top of the Empire State Building, which was amazing to see. Amazing. Um, 
we have a big balcony facing the city, and we have a 4th of July party every year. You can't see any fireworks because we were on the Hudson River, and all of the yeah, fireworks you are on the fireworks East River. This year. this year, the entire city. Uh, did, did you see that? I saw I, I went down to the riverfront. The entire city. You didn't need Macy's this year. Buddy, I can see the curvature of the earth from my apartment. Believe me when I tell you. I can see from, I can see from the Statue of Liberty to Suffolk County. Okay? I'm telling you, and you never saw more fireworks in your life. And the, my problem was I had no, it was just my wife and I Did you see there. some of the fireworks these people were shooting? Yeah, amazing. I mean, we're talking about, you're one of the most densely populated cities in the world. I mean, and a lot of these buildings are old, made out of wood. Well, do you see the fires? I mean, you see the people that were hit by fireworks? Shit. No, I mean, it, 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 was, it was insane. It was. But, but, but look, I have to be honest with you. Uh, the fireworks had been every night for the month prior to the yeah. 4th of July. It finally calmed down, seems like. Well, there's no enforcement. The cops, as as our mayor, or the mayor of New York said, that the police department has much more important things to worry about than fireworks enforcement. They threw an M80 at poor Al. He was on a scooter. They have these new electric scooters. Yeah. That you can just rent and pick them up and drop them off anywhere you want in the city. Yeah. So he takes them sometimes. He's, he's up in Inwood. Mm -hmm. He goes. He's he had just left. You know, we were up here getting things ready. He's going back home. They threw a M eighty right in front. He almost fell off the bike. Oh yeah. Oh, passed. Oh, you all right? I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big surprise for me. He shit himself. Yeah. Well, it's the way it is, buddy. But the what I saw. I mean, uh, listen. There's always people that do it illegally a little bit. Even when Macy's and everything's normal, they do it. I think we can all agree. There's never been more fireworks ever shot off in Manhattan, I think, ever in the history of... Well, I remember when I was a kid, it was, there was a lot. Like that? Um, it was every, you, you saw July It 4th. was amazing. It, it was, was amazing how much there was. And then I saw that video online, someone a helicopter flew over Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. They have like the you know national anthem being sung. and then right. You saw that video? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You well, into it was the 4th of July. You like fireworks? Not particularly. Yeah, I mean, really? I like to look at them, you know, occasionally. But I mean, uh, you know who does it pretty crazy, actually, in uh, in Kosovo, in Albania. Uh huh. I've been there for New Year's Eve. Right. I swear to God, you want to talk about fireworks? I've never fucking seen anything like that in my life. Uh huh. Everyone in their mother, every single house, every single apartment, right off the buildings. Right. The whole entire, it sounds like fucking the invasion of Iraq. <laughs> no, I'm sure. And then you have your people shooting off their AK-47s also. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. We, On top of the fireworks. Factor in the automatic weapons. Oh, uh, it's every year. Yeah. I, I, it's a sight to see, I swear to God. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, you know what? I was, in, I, was in, I was on the Champs-Élysées one year for New, uh, New Year's Eve. And uh, that's what they do in Paris. Same thing. Huge fireworks. People, just regular people. Everybody. Everybody's on the street. Everybody's drunk. Everybody, I mean, families. N a million people are on the Champs-Élysées. Everybody's got a bottle of champagne, and if you're there, you pour your drink. But there's fireworks for you. You had a good time? Uh, it was good. Paris on New Year's Eve? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower display is beautiful, too. You Paris saw that live, huh? Many times. I'm, I'm saying the fireworks. Yeah. You know, I've never been to the Eiffel Tower. I've been all over Europe. I've not been to Paris yet. I've only been through the airport, the Paul de Gaulle, whatever. Yeah. I've Charles de Gaulle, through. yeah. I'm always going to see my damn cousins. I told my wife two years ago, I said, I'm done with this. I well, grabbed her. Stop once in a while. No, I said, that's it. We're going. I took her to Venice. Nice. What, a, what a trip that was. Yeah, I love Venice. We spent three nights there. Mm -hmm. 
She's lucky she didn't come back pregnant. Let me tell you. We had a great time over yeah, there. Yeah, Venice is a very beautiful city also. Very romantic, man. But, but what are you kidding me? Could be hot as hell in the summer. The, the Bridge of Sighs. Beautiful. Yeah, the one with the, the prisoners were the last time they would see freedom. Absolutely. I stayed at the uh, uh, Marriott brand. What was it? Very expensive, man. Uh, I forgot their high-end brand. I forgot what it's called. Marriott? Yeah, but there's a higher brand. You know who owns the Marriott's? The Marriott's. Chinese Communist Party. Them too? Owns the Marriott's. Every time you check in, they get all your information. They're thinking about banning that TikTok app. Yeah? I'm, I'm all for it. I say Americans want to talk about, we're going to make things in America. We're going to make things in America. We're going to bring everything back to America. Yet the entire, I actually wrote, I think, a pretty powerful status, I think, on July 4th. I said to all you patriots who talk about bringing the industry back to the U.S. and bringing it back to America as you're firing off your Chinese-made uh, fireworks, <laughs> billions, <laughs> who do you think was having a good time on July 4th? China. There wasn't a, every two seconds, there's a dollar, dollar, dollar. I said, man, they're making a lot of money tonight. Fireworks, big industry. I said, what, what, yeah, but they, you know, I guess in some ways they deserve it. I mean, they invented gunpowder, so we have fireworks because of them. They are the creators of fireworks. And spaghetti, which took me about 25 years to learn. I always thought it was the Italians that made spaghetti. Marco Polo brought it on. <laughs> yeah, I never knew that. <laughs> so just remember that, people. We all have some great things in our cultures, you know? Yeah, well, America's made up of all different cultures. That's what makes this place an amazing place. Man. Absolutely. I've always loved it. And I think I said this one time to you. I said, I realized that one day, what, what you know, I was at the park. I see Orthodox Jew. I see a Orthodox Muslim lady with the head covering. Yeah. Their kids are playing together. I said across the ocean they'd be killing each other. <laughs> it's the truth. But where else do they get along except here? And that's why, yes, this place ain't perfect. Yes, it has a dark past in some ways. Absolutely. And some really horrific things. But for the present moment, how far it's come from what it was. Mm -hmm. For all the martyrs of freedom, people like Dr. King, Malcolm, people that fought for these rights. We have to pull it together as a nation, stick together, listen to each other's grievances, and move in the right direction for the whole, not just for one piece or two. Like everyone's got, we're a family, man. Yes, we are. And I've always looked at my fellow Americans as family. Never looked at their color, race, creed. I know you're the same way. That's what's made us beautiful. Yes, there's a dark past. Yes, we. the last episode, I thought the way you spoke about being a police officer and how there's a lot of, you know, sometimes rotten apples that get into the cracks, but... The overwhelming majority of them are people yeah. that will risk their life yeah. for anybody. Well, look, the police department, look, there's the, the term that's bandied about all the time is police brutality. The reality of it is they were brutal police. Not police brutality. They were individual. Brutality means Individual cop. Them. Individual officer. Individual people that are brutal, okay, that have to be weeded out. That's the thing that's got to be looked at very carefully. There are, in my day... You had what was called a round robin was done on you, okay? They went into your background. I mean, all my neighbors were questioned. They went into my family background. I mean, that, that's just what they did. They were, there was a huge number of guys that all they did was background checks on cops, on, you know, on, on, on prospective cops. And I had to go through that. I mean, they had to look deeply into my background and my family background. And also a certain psychological profile had to be met. These days, I don't know if that's the same case. I don't know, right? especially locally. I mean, sometimes I feel like in municipalities, Look, uh, I know the guy, went to high school with him, whatever, whatever. Who the hell knows? But 
absolutely these checks should be done. And this should be done the same way when someone's going for, like, security clearance in the mm-hmm. government. Because, listen, man, a cop can destroy someone's life. They arrest you for the wrong reason, for no reason. I mean, you have, you can literally destroy somebody's life. Look, let's say you arrest someone that shouldn't have been arrested. They don't have money for a lawyer. They don't have money, period. They can't, f- I mean, you can literally fuck someone's life. If of course you, you can. If you mis- Give a guy a record, of course. If you misuse that power. Of course. And I've always liked how you said to, to like what you said your father told you before you became a cop, to wield ju- uh, justice. Temper justice with mercy. Yeah, man. Think Be outside kind. the box sometimes. Be kind. Be kind. You know, a speeding ticket, this and that, all right, I get it. Some, you know what? I'm not about speeding. Wait, listen, I went 21 years in a job, okay? I was 21 years in the New York City Police Department. When I came into the police department, they gave me 25 summonses, okay? It was standard issue. You got a gun, you got a hat, and you got 25 tickets. And them days, the tickets came with strings on them. You had, you, if you wrote a ticket, you would tie it on the guy's windshield, okay? When I got off the job in 21 years... 21 years later, I turned in my pack of 25 tickets. I never gave a summons in the whole time I was on the job. I didn't like getting tickets, and I didn't like giving tickets to people. It was a pain in the ass. I was, I was about two weeks away from be, being taken into the police department. I was going to go into a class in February of 68. And I got pulled over in Tuxedo, New York, on New Year's morning, about 6 o'clock in the morning. And a guy gave me three, <laughs> he gave me three tickets. You're about to become a cop. Okay, I, was, I told him, I'm on the list to become a cop. I mean, I really don't need this. The guy gave me three summonses. And I paid them, and I did what I had to do. But I never liked getting them, and I, never, and I, 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 I wouldn't give them to anybody. It just was, wasn't my way. I, I wouldn't do it. You know, I didn't really feel like I was teaching anybody. Of course, I, would, I was active in other ways. You have to show activity as a policeman. Yeah, I mean, you did some crazy shit, right? You well, went yeah, undercover yeah. against... Well, every, everybody did that. Every, violent criminals. Every, everybody did that. Everybody, you know, they, those, those were the days, okay? Those, those were the days. They were shit. You had a couple of cops that, that they, they put a couple of rounds through a radio car up in the Bronx the other night. And the, thank God. And the cops were in the car. I mean, the bullets went through the car, but they didn't hit the, the officers that were inside the car. In probably 1969... Um, a guy blew the, blew the bubble off the top of the radio car with a shotgun on 102nd of Lexington Avenue. Guy fired a shotgun and blew the, I literally blew the oscillating light right off the top of my radio car. Your car? My car. You were in it? I was in it. The fuck? And I had another time where a guy, a young kid. Did you guys get that guy? No. You're no. Like, we rounded up everybody standing <laughs> in the street, probably 400 people we brought into the not, prison. Not that guy, though. Never made a collar on it. But they shot the top of the, they shot the bulb right off the top of the radio car. I, I, I had a guy. I, I was a kid actually. This guy we got. I was with a guy, Mario. I won't say his last name, but this is just as 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 it relates to police policing police policing each other. I had a kid threw a sink off a roof on 101st Street and Second Avenue and hit the radio car I was in. And you were in that car too. I was. I was the recorder. I God. was the guy driving, and myself next to him. And the sink came through the top of the car. It drove the oscillating light, and the sink landed between us in the front seat of the car. Could have fucking killed you. Okay, we jumped out of the car. Tell me about it. This was a six-story building. We ran out. We ran into the building and caught about a fourteen or a fifteen-year-old kid running down from the roof. And the guy that I was with decided he was throwing the kid off the roof. And that's all there was to it. Okay, and I took my gun out on that guy, and I said, kid, I'm telling you this. 
If you think that I'm going to be party to a murder, you're out of your fucking mind. You know who the kid is? We're going to lock him up. You want to throw him off a roof another day, that's your business. But for now, this kid is taking a collar, and we're going into the precinct with him, and you ain't killing no fucking body. I'm sorry, the point I was making was in the academy, one of the things they taught me in the academy that stuck with me like glue, it really did, was that the normal, a normal civilian will come in contact with a cop maybe once every 20 years. A cop will deal with just a general, a person in the general public. I guess I'm not normal, though. Now, if you treat <laughs> that guy poorly... That guy, for the next 20 years, will never say, anytime somebody says, well, what do you think of the cops? They're scumbags. His, his, his only point of reference is the one time, 13 years ago, where a cop shit on him. Okay? So you make enemies when you do that. If you treat people well, you treat people with respect, you treat people with kindness, you put, them in, you put yourself in their shoes for a moment. Okay? You leave a guy with a sweet taste in his mouth. So that when he talks about cops again, he says nice things. He says, well, I did run into the police, and they treated me fairly. They weren't obnoxious. They didn't put their hands in my pockets. They didn't look my wife up and down. They didn't throw me against the wall. They were gentlemen. That's how you do it, buddy. That's, that's how you do it. That's one of the things they taught me in the academy. I never really thought about that. Okay? And, about- and believe me, when I went into the co- police department, I did not love policemen. I had a, I'm born and raised in Spanish Harlem. We had a lot of run-ins with cops. I caught a lot of beatings from cops. What they used to like to do to me all the time is that, and I was a rough kid. I mean, I was. I had to join the Marine Corps to get the the stuffing kicked out of me. So, you know, put me on the right track. Paris Island saved my life. But. They hit you with a club stick a few times? Oh, what they would do to me is they would take me because they knew my old man. And my old man was a strict bastard. When it came to time, I had to be home 7 o'clock every night. out of that. What they would do is they put me in a radio car and drive me to Queens and dump me out of the car. Now, I'm in Queens. I got a fucking 12 cents in my pocket. I got to get back to East Harlem. So what do I got to do? I got to walk over the Charborough Bridge, and I got to be late, and my old man's going to kick the shit out of me. But that's what they would do. They Damn, you walked over the Charborough Bridge? Many, many times. Was there even a pathway to walk on the fucking Charborough Bridge? Still is. I got in such Where's there a pathway on the Charborough Bridge? Yeah, there's a, there's a walkway on the Charborough I mean, I On the Manhattan side. What do you mean in Manhattan? Well, there's, so from two, Pol- there's two bridges, right? There's the one that connects Queens and the Bronx. No, I'm talking about the, the Triborough Bridge. It's called the JFK Bridge. Yeah, now. I still call it the Triborough Bridge. I still call it the Triborough. But uh, and I remember <laughs> I got in such a jackpot on that bridge one time. I had a tendency to lose the key to my apartment, to the apartment. My father, you know, it was, a, it was an upgrade for me. I was going to be a big boy. Here's your own key to the apartment on the tenement building that I lived in. So we had always had a habit. We, we would fill our pockets up with rocks and go up on a bridge and when the boats would go by we would drop the rocks pebbles and and try to land them on the deck you know, and so my father had given me the key and he was very proud of me and he said i'm giving you the key to the house you were you were you know i was 12 i want you to have the key you're a grown boy now i want you to have your responsibility i said okay pop that's great p.s the next day i'm on a bridge i got my pockets full of rocks and here comes a fucking tugboat or whatever and I take the rocks out, and, and I throw them in. And the last thing I see is 10 rocks and the key fucking floating down. <laughs> then I reached to my pocket, and I threw the fucking house key off the Charborough Bridge. And I had to go home and explain to my old man that I was throwing rocks, and I threw the key off the fucking bridge. You understand? He beat my ass from there to Times Square and back again. <laughs> Arthur, what about IA, internal affairs? 
Internal affairs. I mean, if people are complaining about a cop a lot, citizens, not other cops, right. but just citizens, don't they usually follow up on that and say, let me look into this guy and make sure? I mean, I heard IA is no sure. fucking, I heard they're no joke. I heard well, you don't want to be pulled in by IA when you're a cop. Right. Were they around when you were a cop? In spades. They were, what does that mean? Uh, clarify. In spades means, yeah, they were, they were around a lot. Were yeah. they called internal affairs? Uh, no, in, when I first went on the job, Internal Affairs was called PCCIU, the Police Commission's Confidential Investigation Unit, PCCIU. And when they came after you, you were, you were, you were in a jackpot. And um, remember, there are, Internal Affairs these days is only one of probably a dozen investigatory uh, groups that oversee the police department now, the criminal, the CCRB criminal complaint Control Bureau. Uh, this is this is my day. I mean, I can't even think of all of the acronyms they have now for the various groups that oversee the actions of police these days. Uh, you fire a shot from your gun, I mean, you're going to answer to about 10 different boards. Regardless, you have to answer. You know, believe me when I tell you something. You're going you're gonna to answer for that shot. And um, uh, But no, I mean, internal affairs was something that most guys, you know, were quite leery of. I mean, if you did the wrong thing, um, and when I say the wrong thing, in, the, in, in those days it was more about guys taking money from bookmakers and Drug or guys robbing drugs and selling them and shit like that. I mean, those are, these, are, these, those are terrible offenses. I mean, there's cops risking their lives trying to get drugs off the street and you got another jerk selling Take, it. Or taking... Look, in my, in my day, it was, it was, remember, you had the, uh, the French Connection drugs with 70 pounds of heroin. That got stolen out of the property clerk's office and sold back into the street by one guy. A detective did that. Okay? Um, that movie's a true story, then, huh? Oh. With Gene Hackman? Well, that's The French they, Connection? Well, the French, you know, that's a true story. That's how they got the drugs. What The, the, the other part of that, the, the, the back end of that is Prince of the City. That was, that was the Special Investigations Unit, SIU. Those guys, look, they had a formula there. I knew all of them. I was actually assigned to the unit for one day. Um, what they would do, look, they, they, this is before the te a technology, all right, a lot of technology, but it's still, a, there's, a, there's a point in them days where the drugs and the money had to come together, okay? They were going to be in the same place at the same time, if it was just for a moment, okay? Somebody had to hand over a bag of money. Somebody had to hand over a bag of dope. The trick was to be there when, that, when they crossed each other's path, okay? And that's what guys would do. What they would do is they would put illegal wiretaps on drug dealers' phones, and they would hear where a deal was going to go down, and they would intercept it. They would steal the money, they would steal the drugs, and they'd let the people go. They'd whack up the money, and then they'd resell the drugs in the street. That was how that whole operation worked. And that entire unit got locked up. You told us about that in a yeah. previous episode. Unbelievable. Well, that's that's how it works. But definitely a lot harder for cops to get away with bad things these days than those. Well, days. buddy, I mean, with the technology they have now, I mean, in in, in those days, the the biggest, um, uh, the the most threatening piece of technology that that they used in them days was what was called a parabolic mic, where they could go up on a roof and they could they could shine it down on a radio like car. a microwave. I don't know what the hell. I don't know how it worked. It was called a parabolic mic. They could, they could, they they could would take it and point it at a radio car. It was two blocks away, 
and the cops were interacting with somebody in the street, and they could hear the conversation. It's crazy. That was a scary thing for, for a lot of time. guys. But look, I, I didn't, I didn't care about anything. It didn't, didn't manifest itself in my, in my life. I mean, I wasn't a crook. No, your cop. job was to make them sell you drugs anyway. Well, yeah, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about when I was in uniform. I'm talking about the days that I was in uniform. I mean, no, when I was when I worked in narcotics undercover, that was another that was another deal. I mean, you had that was you're talking about 007. I mean, that was you could do anything. You could involve yourself in any kind of crime that was available. I mean, I, I was involved in in, in 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 Was there any human trafficking around at that time? There absolutely was. Did you go after those slime? Did you did you have anything to do with? I I, it, I came across a couple of them, but what it was is a hand. I had prostitution a hand mostly, right? When I, 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 I worked in I worked in what was called the Pussy Posse in, in the, the beginning days, the beginning pre nap commission. I was in the Pussy Posse. Which Why did was, they call it that? Because the, your job was to lock up two prostitutes a night. So if you and your partner, between you and your partner, you had to lock up four four prostitutes, male or female, and uh, you had to get uh, uh, ideally what was called a direct. You had to have them. You had to have the woman or the man offer you sex for money. You had to get them to it actually be propositioned. You actually had well, they had to have to say that, but I mean, it was it was it was it was a known fact. I mean, the people that were working in the industry knew better than to say, "I'll suck your dick for fifteen dollars." They they just wouldn't say it. If you did that, it's a direct. They're going to jail if you're the, if you're the man. So they wouldn't say that. So a lot of guys would to cover to cover it to cover their um, uh, activity would say would say that it was a direct. Okay, or in some some cases they would. There was also loitering for prostitution, so they just round up ten girls standing on a corner in Times Square, and you know they'd get on the sheet that way. But what would happen is when you went to court in the morning with them, while the night before I was a new guy, okay, and they'd tell you to go out have a couple of drinks first, so you had liquor on your breath. So when you engaged the person, they thought you were just an out of town or whatever you were, John. And but what happens is the first night it's easy. Second night, it's easy. By the third night, you're in court. And in court, the following morning, there may be 20 cops and 50 hookers that they took the night before. All of those hookers get a chance to look at you. Now, that night when you go back out in the street, they say, yeah, I just saw you in court. You're the cops. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it gets more, more, more and more difficult. And I guess uh, my last question in this area is, you know how, like, sometimes... I don't know, in movies you see it and they always say like, you know, when someone's trying to do business, whether it's selling drugs or propositioning you for prostitution, when they ask you, are you a cop? But meanwhile, you are a cop. Right. <coughs> Is it true that, because they make it seem like this, if you say no, then they can try to say, well, I was entrapped. I mean, why do they ask that question, are you a cop? I mean, what, are, what, what does, does that even help them? No. So what the fuck, they all, like in the movies, are you sure you're not a cop? Well, that's the movies. Some, it's all bullshit. Script, right, it's all bullshit. Because you can sit there being an undercover cop and say, no, I'm not a cop. What the fuck? You can do that. Right. Yeah. Well, my, my stock answer was an easy one. They say, you know, you look like a cop to me. Are you a cop? I will go, will you shut the fuck up? My father hears you say that. You know who my father is? My father hears you say that. Slap this shit out of me. Please, don't even, don't even intimate that. No, I'm not a cop. You understand? Man, if you don't want to do this deal, don't do this deal, which I've said to you before. If you don't want to do the deal... Don't do the deal, okay? I got cash, you got dope. Simple. I want what you have, you need what I have. If you don't want to do the deal, well, the next time your wife goes to buy a dozen eggs or a loaf of bread, let her pay for coke. When you go to the supermarket, pay for eggs with cocaine. These fuckers ever try to rob you? 
Yeah. Yeah, a couple of times. I had. I, oh, what did you I got stuck up one. I didn't. I, actually, I was with. I almost got stuck up once on uh, Broom and Eldridge down in lower in the Lower East Side, which are really, really bad neighborhoods down there. Really bad. Uh, the undercover unit was a volunteer unit, generally, and it was a, to work in the, in Lower Manhattan, first to tenth, eight is eight of D. That was a that was a volunteer on top of a volunteer job. All right, because most guys wouldn't work in those neighborhoods. It's just too wild. But I had a guy try to stick me up, and a guy a backup team drove up behind him and hit him with the car, hit him with a fucking LTD. He had a knife on me. I had a gun. I could have shot the guy, but I wasn't about to do that. I was going to try to bullshit my way out of it. And the team saw it, and they came up the wrong way and got on the sidewalk with a car and drove up behind the guy and hit the guy with the car. I jumped into a hole. Did he even have drugs on him? The guy, oh yeah, it was a heroin dealer. So we were doing an operation. So he just wanted to keep the drugs on. It was them. called Operation Broadbase. That was in 1970, I think it was. I think it was the early 70s. Uh, and uh, Nixon was the president, and Nixon had given the Afghan government five million dollars to stop making heroin. To stop, you know, to not grow the poppies that year, and they stopped making the poppies. It was a panic in the street. And the, the, the drugs uh, were still coming into the country. We were buying brown heroin, $25 bags of brown heroin. Mexican. It turned out to be all Mexican stuff. I told you about that. They, 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 yeah, so I guess in his mind, it was because it was a little bit more scarce at that time because without Afghanistan, you have less product on the street. Right. right? So keep the drugs, keep the money. Let me try to rob Arthur. Yeah, well, they, would, they would try to take you off. He learned the wrong way. Well, there were, look, there were guys that, that were... Do you know how much time that guy ended up having to do? Was it attempted? No, and no, no, I have no idea. I very rarely had to testify. I mean, I testified on a lot of drug cases. A lot of them were much bigger cases, you know, you know, multi big ones, yeah, big multi kilo buys and stuff like that. Sometimes they were found guilty. Sometimes not. They weren't found guilty. I mean, you know, it's just it's just a game. I, I I never went out and got drunk and started fighting with people because somebody was found not guilty. Since I brought up human trafficking, I'll bring up something that a lot of people are talking about. Okay, on on the net. There's this theory now, and especially since they just locked up this Maxine or whatever her name is, yeah. Epstein's. Did you ever meet that fucking guy? No, I didn't. Did you ever hear of him before? I, I yeah, I have. He heard was of in him. circles in the Hollywood and all that shit. Him. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, yeah. Did you ever hear any rumors? How about about Weinstein? Did you ever hear anything about that guy? About Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. Like, did you did you ever hear anything? Like, he's fucking crazy. He's a fucking pig. He's. A, did you ever? I mean. Did, were you ever close enough to even know? I was. Him? Look, I, I had a lot to do with Harvey Weinstein. He was very generous to me over the years, particularly in the business that I was in. He put me in Copland. That was one of his movies. Oh yeah, he produced Copland. Wow. He gave me three months in Copland, and I was just starting in the business. But did you really get to get close to the guy? I was very him? friendly with him and his brother. Yes, I was very. Did friendly you see with any of those tendencies? Never, never. I did not know. He knew look, where to do it and how to do it. There was always there was always rumor. There was always innuendo. But, I mean, I did not socialize. I did socialize occasionally with Harvey. I mean, I went to Listen, weddings. The guy ran Hollywood for fucking 30 yeah, years. I, I mean. went to weddings with them, and they were, they were good friends of mine. And, I, and they were very, as they say, very generous to me. Um, he reached out to me right when he got jammed up. He reached out to me and uh, wanted me to somehow be involved. I don't know if the, the conversation didn't go that far. But I, I asked him if he wanted me to testify that he never took me to a hotel room and, you know, I went to a hotel room and he was in his bathrobe and he asked me to give him a massage. You know, if you want me to testify, you've never done that with me. I'll do that. But beyond that, you know, you can forget about it. I mean, you heard some of the recordings. It's fucking crazy. 
Well, but buddy, get, you know, the casting couch in Hollywood, I mean... It, 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 it's no, it's no, it's no uh, myth. I mean, the thing was fucking... Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Crazy. Not I think all. those days are over now, though. I don't know. I hope so. Buddy, you know, show business and the money and fame that come with it are very, very... Corruption, uh, man. Very Once attractive. corruption very plants attractive. a seed into your heart. Very That's attractive. It. it grows. It blossoms. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's but easy to be what good. everyone's saying now, and this is... The biggest conspiracy of them all. And we're going to see if it's a conspiracy or not. I don't know how to sum this thing up. I'm going to try to explain it very quickly. We kind of went over some of this shit on that one crazy episode we had, which I love, by the way. It's fucking hilarious. I got some great comments on that one. There's been, supposedly, again, with all this shit that's going on right now, the word on the street is, okay, this is the word on the street that I would say maybe 70% of people are saying. And we're going we're gonna to put it here just in case it ends up happening. Since this guy stepped into presidency, and if you look, he's made a lot of speeches about human trafficking. He passed laws. Trump did. There's been this person that no one knows who the fuck they are. Okay, This person goes by one letter. Q. No one knows who the fuck he is, or she is, or who they could be. It could be anybody. It could be a foreign power. No one fucking knows. Uh -huh. This person releases bits of information on the web. People read it. He leaves like he or she or whatever the fuck it is. Like Bansky. Leaves clues. A lot of stuff they've been saying has been happening. So some people think it's maybe someone on the inside that's trying to release information to the public about what's coming down the pipeline. Um, make the story short. Supposedly, these last six months, there's been this war going on behind the scenes where he's going after the president, supposedly. Trump is going after some of the most powerful people on earth. I'm talking about the most powerful of the most powerful. To do what? That they're involved in this fucking cult. They've been killing kids. I told you a little bit about it last time. Oh, this is the witches' COVID. They're saying that what they're alleging is that in the next four to six months, right. we're going to see people rounded up that you never imagined in your wildest dreams would ever get arrested. Okay. They even put out a list. Of people that they're claiming are going to get arrested. This but is cute. If I gave you some of these names, you wouldn't fucking believe me. Well, look. I, Do you want to hear some of the names? It's up to you. Well, it's your show. Go ahead. So they're saying <coughs> some of the names on there. Supposedly that she's going to bring these people all out. She's going to rat them all out. Now, the, the post yesterday put up, she has videos. I don't know if you read that. I have read it. She has videos. So there's some fucking videos on Supposedly, Billy Boy is going to be on there. Oprah. Well, well they say. Will Smith. <laughs> fucking. I mean, some of these people I found very hard. Tom Hanks. I'm sitting here going, if this ain't a conspiracy theory, I don't know what the fuck is. Well, listen, let's face it. Look, let's. let's but what's let's, weird, and let me finish it with go this. Go, I'm sorry. When Trump did this thing in uh, Oklahoma, uh -huh. the rally that he had, which right. was controversial because masks and COVID and all this shit. His son, Eric Trump, right. for about two, three hours, I saw it pop up on his Instagram. He put up the American flag mm -hmm. with the letter Q in the middle. And then he took it down. Ah. So what I'm trying to say is if you're the son of a president, you know that everyone's kind of fueled with all this shit going on, the virus, we're locked down, people are stressed out, there's all this crazy shit going on. Right, there's turmoil right now. Let's be real. There's turmoil. People are scared. People are nervous. Everyone's on edge. You're the son of a president. 
and you're putting up the American flag. <laughs> you put you're the son of the president, right? Yeah. You're putting up an American flag with that initial. Uh. What are you trying to tell us? Well, what did Eric Trump say? Did anybody ask him? I don't what know. Do you, what do you mean? I by have that? no idea. You sure, Q, you sure Q didn't do that? Look, let me let me say this to you. Listen to me. I know. Did they say he was hacked? Huh? I don't know. But what I'm saying is it's fueling this shit even more. Right. I'm going to go on the record. I'm not going to say that that list is accurate. I'm going to say I think we are going to see some... If she stays alive, miraculously. Well, now you're getting back to reality now. Look, let me say... Right. I think we're going to see some big people go down. Okay. All right. I Look, Q notwithstanding. Have you ever heard of that? I Q? Yeah. No, I didn't. Well, let me say this to you. As long as we're on it, let me say this to you. And I feel the same way about... And I've always said this my whole life. If there were extraterrestrials... Which they're saying now there's UFOs, right. by the way. I pray that, one, I hope they're listening to us. And two, if there is another, and you're going to make contact, please call me. Uh, let me be the guy. <laughs> you understand? I'll, I'll, I promise you, I'll be the greatest agent you ever met. You understand? And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just extrapolate and say, Q, wherever you are, whoever you are, please reach out to us. Reach out to me. You understand? Let me, let me find out who you are. Well, let, let's talk, all right? Because I think you're full of shit. That's, that's what I got to say to you. I think you're full of shit. All right? Now, that, I think you're in a basement in your underwear someplace in fucking Idaho. They're talking about tunnels, thousands of yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. they're all going to come out. There's rumors they're saying fucking JFK Jr. is still alive. <laughs> I'm serious. This is what they're saying, man. Okay. All right. But, but and that supposedly when this is all over, right. this virus and shit goes back to normal, we're going to see massive arrests. This is well, the word well, that listen, millions I, of people believe right okay, now. Okay, I, 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 I think right now, I think well, right now. I just find now, it fascinating. That's why I'm bringing I it think, up. All right, now I understand. And, and I think everybody finds it quite fascinating now, particularly with this Maxwell woman being arrested. What took so long to arrest and, her? That's what the well, fuck? look, that's, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, the, uh, the, the, she supposedly has copies of tapes. In other people's hands. That no 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 in her in her hands, she has the copies that Epstein Epstein. Uh, this is rumor now, okay. But this is what you read in the paper. Yeah, I mean, I mean, know, yeah, they're printing some of this. Okay, that that he that he filmed other people and recorded every single action, whether it be of a sexual nature or a drug taking nature or whatever of anyone that of, went there of anybody that ever associated with him that he has he taped them and recorded them and she has copies of them. Now, to address, you're saying that six months from now you're going to see a lot of people locked up that you never you think saw that locked happen? up. Let me say this to you. If, if I were her and I had those tapes and she's looking at the rest of her life in jail, they, 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 they're going to be on a 6 o'clock news. All right? What I understand is that, that possibly Clinton had a relationship with her. Uh, a lot of people. This, this, the prince there in England... You understand? If, yeah, she's, if, if she's got these tapes, there's a lot of heavy people going down. Alan Dershowitz, I mean, you know, if she has tapes like this, okay, particularly if them assaulting young women. Or even boys right. or children or anything. Okay, that's that part of it is a possibility. Okay, but I think Q was taking that and just taking it to a whole other place. You understand? I'm not saying it's impossible. Okay, but if you're trying to explain to me, or you're trying to make me believe that Oprah Winfrey is involved in... in you ever met her? Oprah, I have not. Uh, uh, that she's involved in something like child slaves. And or, I'm not saying she is. Or that Will Smith. Or, 
if you're saying it, you you gotta you gotta show me some shit. You understand? I mean, that would be that would be shocking. Yeah, nobody's believing this shit on okay. words. No I mean, e- Epstein wasn't a guy that tra- that that was hanging around with Will Smith and Oprah. I mean, he may have met them socially or something like that. But yeah, like anybody can take a picture with somebody. I have pictures with people. It doesn't mean I fucking know them. Right, but, and it uh, definitely does not mean they know me at all. I could have been a fucking right. mass murderer. I could have been Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. But at one point, I'm walking down the block. Yeah, but I took a picture with Al Pacino. It doesn't mean fucking Al Pacino hung out with me and, right, and knew eight, I was killing people. And, and eight kids also. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I agree yeah, with you. Like, buddy. you can sit here and put these fucking things. Show us the proof. Prove it. Well, look, I mean... To these people, I'm saying. Prove it. I understand that. That's why I think that anybody that's sitting around that's bullshit. Look, the internet is like that, man. I mean, the internet is, is, is open to any anybody that wants to say anything they want. They could say it. And it's up to you to be discerning enough to say, well, that's possible or not possible or truth or, or it's not. it's a long shot. For me, look, this, it's, 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 the, it's part of the cancel culture. You understand? They want to cancel Oprah. They want to cancel Will Smith. They want to cancel... Uh, Tom Hanks. Dukes of Hazard, you know, Down with the Wind. Right, you know. Well, look, they can't. See, the problem with the cancel culture is that it's um, it's finite. It's not infinite. It's finite. Okay, you can only cancel so many things or so many people until there's nothing to cancel anymore. Okay? I go to the movies and I buy a, a bag of popcorn and I'm watching a movie and I eat a piece of, a piece of popcorn. I canceled that piece of popcorn. And then I have another one. I canceled that. I canceled another one. Canceled another one. Halfway through the movie, I go in a bag. You know what? It's empty. What did I do? I canceled the whole fucking bag of popcorn. That's what we're talking about. Sooner or later, you run out of shit to cancel. Now somebody's going to cancel you. All right? It's, it's, it's a finite situation. These things tend to turn. They, just, they, they work in circles. They work in circles. All right, they start out on fire. They, 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 a lot of people get screwed. A lot of people get lambasted. A lot of people are destroyed without any evidence, just on word of mouth. And then it comes the other way, the other way. And then it starts to people doing the canceling get canceled. Or people just stop believing Q. And they go, wait a minute, I think Q's full of shit. All right? I mean, sight unseen, I'm telling you, Q, I think you're full of shit myself. Okay. I guess time is the one that proves everything. Well, look, I wouldn't like to be one of those people. Let me ask you this. If this woman ends up dead again. again, Oh, boy. (laughs) Let me ask you this. This is an interesting question. She's going to the same fucking prison that her her buddy. Well, no, she's not in the same place. He was was in Manhattan. She's in Brooklyn. I don't know if it's any better, but it's not the same exact place. Let me ask you this. I love this. Do you think he killed himself? Until you If you have to guess. No, I believe he killed himself. Do you know that jail cell? I mean, do you know where he was? I know MCC well. Is it possible that he got a fucking... That he got, that he got... He was in the same jail as Chapo, no? That somebody clipped him. You think he got... Everyone, most people, common day, everyday Joe Schmo, they all believe he got killed. That's what everyone thinks. Everyone I've ever spoken to. Not well, a single yeah, yeah. fucking person to me has said, I think this guy killed himself. They all said, no, he was fucking killed. Well, all right. What do you think? What do you think sell you as a cop? I don't believe it. I, I think he killed himself. I think he had lack security. He had the two guards that were, uh, that were both shopping on the internet and who both took naps. What about the fucking cameras? And they didn't. The cameras don't show anything. The cameras don't show. They, the cameras show the guy killing himself. You understand? It's that simple. The cameras show him hanging himself. They don't show a third party or a second party in there killing him. If this lady ends up dead. Look. Would you find that fishy then? Let me say this: If it's two of them, if I was the if I was the head of the Department of Correction, 
I'd have I'd, I'd handcuff myself. I'd take a home with me every night. You understand? Well, I'd be sleeping in bed. She'd be sitting on the fucking rug next to you my bed. You think they're doing the right thing this time? Oh yeah, they can't afford a second fuck up, huh? Buddy, believe me when I tell you something. They'd fire the whole fucking correction department if they if this woman kills herself or winds up dead in some fashion. Forget about if it. If she does, though, every conspiracy theorist on earth will feel justified. Well, and then Q, I'm sorry, man. I I owe you a cocktail. <laughs> whoever you are, you yeah, wherever you are, Q. You For all we know, it's a fucking foreign yeah. power. Exactly right. Interesting Q. session. I think we'll leave you here. I guess it's to be determined, to be seen. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it's it's in the it's in it's in the criminal justice system. She gets arraigned. I get. I think she gets arraigned tomorrow. What, you do, you think, what do you think is on those tapes? <laughs> not funny because God knows what's happening on those. Well, tapes. buddy, I'm going to tell you one thing, Jack. There's a lot of guys shitting your pants right now. Yeah, a lot of very powerful they people. Did a lot of money, did, man. You know? A lot of power, a lot of money. I mean, yeah. Well, it's in the look, interest. He was a player. He was a player, the guy. And he hung around with some serious people for years and years and years. It's in their interest for her you know? to disappear. You got Billy Clinton on that plane with him 30 some odd times on the Lolita Express. No, they were just going to, you know, they were going to hang out, go suntan, swim. <laughs> I'm sure it was all kosher. Hey, listen. We're going to find out, I think. I think we're going to find oh, out. Oh, no, you could, no, no, that's that. Because I believe in God, if, and if, you do too. And I, I believe that if these horrific things have been happening, you know, God let fire rule the earth for 400 years until you fucking buried him under the Dead Sea. I believe in the criminal justice system, buddy. I believe in the system we have. It's not, Again, it's not infallible, but it's the best one we have. If you, if you want a shit can, give me, a, give me another one. Give me a second But do you know what bothers me? Did you see the clip? And I could pull it up, and we'll pull it up at another time. It's all over the net. You can look it up. If you pull in, uh, may he rest in peace, former uh, Senator John McCain. Right. Did you hear about the little soundbite from his wife where she was being interviewed about Epstein? You know what she said? No. Can I just paraphrase for you? Go ahead. And I could pull it up in two seconds. I'll believe you. She said, we all knew what he was doing. This is the fucking wife mm. of a powerful senator. Right. To combat against this issue. Um, are, are these power players a priority for us right now? Can we even touch them? Or is this a pipe dream that we need to address in the future somehow? You know, it's like everything. Um, you know, we, we, it hides in plain sight. Epstein was hiding in plain sight. We all knew about him. We all knew what he was doing. But we had no one that was, no um, uh, legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him. For whatever reason, they were afraid of him. All of a sudden, someone said, B.S., we're not afraid of you anymore, and what you're doing is not only wrong, it's illegal, it's, you know, all those things. Um, it's, it's like a house of cards now. It's going to start tumbling, believe me. And these guys, if they don't leave the country, number one, uh, they're going to get caught. And, they're gonna, and, and they, not only will they get caught, but they're going to be made examples of. And that's exactly what we should be doing uh, with these guys, especially. Um, in my opinion... So when you say you believe in the justice system, I'm sitting here going, your husband was almost the president of this country. He ran for president. He was close. He was very well respected. He served, war hero, everything. Mm -hmm. You're the wife of this man. And you're telling us, the public now, this was a public interview. It's all over the internet. Millions and millions of views of this soundbite. We all knew, but no one seemed to go after him. Nobody would go after But what the fuck do you mean you all knew? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? No, first of all, half your friends are probably other senators. 
So if they were scared to go after this guy, this is where the conspiracies get fueled, my brother. This is the wife of John McCain saying this right, shit. I understand. That's not fucking fishy. It's crazy. It certainly is to me. But again, it's human nature. It's human nature. They're not bothering them. You know, who, who am I to, you know, I, I, I want to stop Epstein. I got to stop Epstein. Listen, I know you for about a year. More than a year now. I know for a fact if you knew some little girls or kids were being, whoever was, I know you'd do everything. I know you would do everything in your power to make it stop somehow. You'd have to. I know you are. You would have to. I don't think you'd be able to sleep at night. How the fuck were they sleeping at night? Well, because they had another party to go to, or they had another election to run, or they had another group of people that they had to ingratiate themselves to. But these are the people that were trusting you to, to do the right thing. We vote for you. We well, yeah, but, yeah, but that's not you're part staying of his quiet. He's not. He wasn't a law enforcement person. He was a senator. He must have been extremely powerful if they were scared to go he, after he him. He was a senator, absolutely. Well, maybe people he knew were involved with him. That's what I'm saying. You know? I mean, I, I'd like to lock him up. I'd like to see him locked up. My brother-in-law is going to get locked up, too. So he didn't. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, just, you know, uh, just. It's, just, it's definitely interesting shit. Arthur, it's, well, it's, it's interesting, but look, buddy, you know, you're coming off for four months in the house and, and fucking around with that internet every day. Believe me when I tell you something. See it's all you, over the fucking Just believe what's in front of your face every day. Look at your children. That's the truth. Look, when your children look at you and they think you're the hero of their life, that's the truth of life. You understand? When your wife looks at you and, and you tell her, I love your baby, or she looks particularly pretty, and you go, your daughter, and you buy her some flowers, that's the truth of life. Okay, the internet is not the truth of life. It's bullshit. It's a lot of okay? bullshit out there. I agree. There's tons and tons and tons and tons. All of the law enforcement that's ever taken place and all of these crazy fucks, Giuliani's New York, they they cleaned up Times Square. They made Times Square fucking Disneyland. And Disney had a lot to and do with it. every piece of shit that was standing around in Times Square with their sick minds and their sick thoughts and their sick plans all went on the internet. So while he got them physically... Off the street, they're one click away from your twelve-year-old daughter's fucking brain in a living in, in, her, in her bedroom at ten o'clock at night. She clicks, and every scumbag that ever was out there is on the internet, and they're in your daughter's bedroom with her. You understand? Influencer, she's watching these shows, and uh, comments, and pictures yeah, that they understand? can send. It's a crazy. Okay, time. you just 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 pay attention to what you see. God gave you all of these senses. Use your senses. What you see is the truth. What you hear, what you understand, what happens to you, what you cause to happen to other people. People don't remember what you've said to them. People remember how you made them feel. That's what you're going to pay attention to, not the internet. Okay? That's, what, that's, that's humanity. That's what, that's what it's all about, buddy. Truly. Truly. Okay? Q, I wish you all the luck in the world. Please. You understand? I hope you're wearing a mask. <laughs> I think this is a good place to sign off. An interesting time where I think we're in the eye of the storm. It seems a little calmer compared to what we've seen the last few mm -hmm. months. But I think we both agree that the next few months might be pretty volatile. Buddy, it, it, listen to me. I, I wait to see what's going to happen. It's going to be a long, hot summer in New York. Again, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you perceive on a day-to-day -day basis? People are being killed every day by the dozens. Shot. Okay, by the dozens. Black people are being killed by black people by the dozens every day. 
How do we save these children? How do you save a 17-year-old baby who's going to be a professional basketball player? How do you save an 8-year-old child with a little hair braid and a little bows in her hair playing with her friends who get shot in the forehead? Or the one that was walking with the dad and he got that? shot and killed. Right? How do you save that baby? Okay? The way you do it is, is you see what, what's going on around you. Right there as you're living it, as you're smelling it, as you're perceiving it. Okay? You don't let a guy in an apartment say... Uh, 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 uh. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. Okay, so let's let's take that as our mantra. That'll be our that'll be our remember the Alamo. That'll be our remember the Maine. Okay, that'll be what we'll say. Instead of helping that little eight year old from getting shot in the forehead, let's say snitches get stitches. I mean, it's happening. What the fuck? Are you crazy? It's happening at high levels too, you though, right? I mean, how do listen. You, how, buddy, again, I'm not on a high level. I'm talking about... What's going on there? Where, yeah. You understand? That's your reality. That's your reality. Don't worry about what these other fucking people are doing. Okay? The, the, these children being killed in the street a half a dozen, ten at a fucking time. That's what you got to deal with. Never mind fucking John McCain and the politicians and fucking Maxwell and who's doing what and who's doing... That's not what we got to deal backyard, with right now. Your we'll, neighborhood, we'll, we'll where you live, your backyard. We'll get around to them. You understand? Don't be taking these fucking, these bullshit rhymes and living your life by them. Because your grandchildren are dying. Your children are dying. And not just that, okay, the, future the future dies the, with the, them. The, exactly, exactly. Thank you. Because that brother and sister that just lost their brother, and sister, the trauma that it causes... The depression that it causes. Buddy, they're dead. They don't have trauma anymore. No, they but their family they left behind. You understand? They're dead. The children and the promise that they had are, are gone forever. All that they would ever be, all that they were ever going to have, and all that they were ever going to taste potential. or see, all the happinesses they were ever going to have, all the Christmases, all the birthday parties, all the children born to them are all gone. They're dead. They have no more emotions. We got to fix this you shit. You understand? Out. We got to figure it out. snitches... Get stitches. So let's live by that. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Stop it already. Harry killed my granddaughter. Tell somebody. Louis is dealing drugs out of the apartment next to me. Fuck stitches. I'm not worried about stitches. I'm worried about my granddaughter getting shot in the fucking head. Okay? Now close the thing off before we all get locked up. <laughs> so, at the end of the day responsibility we all have to each other our Absolutely. neighborhoods our communities our children our future man it's another explosive episode of the comeback team arthur we love you baby and i love you too god bless thank you, you Glad for to some, see you again by the way some amazing stuff you told us great i want to thank Glad you you enjoy it no matter what happens in life no matter how dark it gets you can always make a comeback never give up that's what the devil wants you to do Respect, love, and Arthur signing off. Ciao, Bella.